I'm Christina Raya, and welcome to Breaking Out of Breaking In, a practical filmmaking podcast about taking your creative career into your own hands and making great work get seen without playing the Hollywood game. Or at least while changing the rules. Hey, I'm Brie Castellini, your other co-host, and today we are breaking down 2022. Yes, that's right. This is our last regular episode of season two. Before we dive in, don't forget that we release bonus content for each episode over on patreon.com slash breaking out pod. So if you want to support us and continue to get yourself even more info and resources, y'all, 2022 was chock full of really great resources. Truly, yeah, like nice. every time we would like try to brainstorm for like what should we do for bonus content and like you know i was like panicking because it's like it's a month away i don't know what i'm gonna post and then we come up with something and it's like the best infographic we've ever made like <laughs> it's three dollars three dollars gets you access to like templates i lovingly curated resources we got color-coded stuff i learned how to conditional format and make it easy to like digest guys there's so much we also reorganized it for you like mid-year so if you've been dragging your feet and thinking i bet there's an easier way to prepare for a project there is it's by paying us three dollars and going through our archive of really wonderful resources so that's the first recap that we're doing in this episode is hey our patreon full to bursting with truly anything you might need and if there's something missing let us know and we'll add it yeah <laughs> so it's the end of 2022 how are you feeling i'm feeling okay i feel like i should just say at the top that my cat Addie passed away two months ago and uh i'm still grieving. I really miss her. And that has just kind of made the second half of 2022 kind of shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, you know, there's been some good stuff and we'll talk about it, but I'm in a little bit of that still. It's definitely been a strange year. There were like sprints of like really wonderful stuff, sprints of like, I think the world might actually be ending stuff to context set in the timeline because god knows what's going to happen before we actually release this episode yeah. we're recording this episode on 11 11 make a wish um <laughs> i think this episode comes out like the first week of december so we are we are still in like week one of elon's twitter yeah <laughs> that's how i assume i will be marking time from now on so uh not quite <laughs> the end of the year but close enough but yeah it's been it's a been a very strange year mm -hmm. yeah so uh, i figured a good place to start would be to look at our goals that we set out for last year that i don't <laughs> think we set for this year because i forgot that that was a thing that we should probably do so christina yeah, but like what is time <laughs> what is time maybe maybe that'll be the patreon bonus is that since we're not doing it live on air if you want to see our stuff for next year subscribe to our patreon because i i do i make new year's resolutions every year so i'm sure i'm 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 definitely going to do them so yeah that i'm making that that statement right now the patreon bonus content for this episode is going to be our 2023 uh creative and life goals so if you want to uh set accountability with us and be nosy subscribe to our <laughs> patreon for only three dollars a month it's a great deal <laughs> so, Christina, your 2022 goals were buy a house, make progress on your horror feature Silent Night, if not in production by the fall, on the road towards production, uh, write all ep eight episodes of your horror anthology Little Whispers, perhaps as the showrunner of a writer's room, get back into rock climbing and pottery, continue commitment to prioritizing her humanity over your career and redefining success in healthier ways. So 
I feel like I did pretty well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think so. I think a lot of it you got done in like the first couple of months. Yeah. So I did buy a house. If you want to hear about that, listen to our mid-year check-in because that's that was the big news of that. I'm not in production for Silent Night, but I am in development and it's been sort of a year of notes <laughs> and thinking I'm at, I'm going to get to the next stage and then more notes. And I'm still kind of in that. I have a, a meeting next week that will hopefully be my final notes meeting. If, <laughs> if like I'm, My goal is to not have any more in that meeting, but if there are more, it will hopefully be the last of them. I mean, but, it seems uh, like from, from what I know of the notes that you're receiving, like they've been getting fewer and further between. Like it's tiny right. little like shifts of like one conversation, shifts of like another conversation. So it's not yeah. like these big sweeping, like you need to make major changes. It's like this script is basically done. And yeah. now the people that are helping you develop and potentially produce it, like, you know, want to tweak it to make it perfect. That's right. But it has been so like uh, the meetings are so far apart. Sure. That I make the edits and then I'm waiting forever and then it is just like a slight tweak on the slight tweak I already did. And so, sure. so yeah, it's been a lot of like hurrying up to wait. Hopefully we can be more transparent about that at some point next year. Yes, because that's my... it's been super interesting to watch this all happen from <laughs> afar. Yeah, and it's been super interesting to experience and it's been a learning experience. And yeah, it's like, it's a, it's an, a situation where I, I'm hoping it will get me where I want to be, which is to be at a place where I can just be directing and have actual money and not be wearing all the hats and like have actually have the ability on the distribution side to get it recognized bigger because mm-hmm. of who's involved. But it also is so I'm I'm grateful for that and I'm excited about that. But it also is a reminder of why I've always been such a just like get it done, do it myself, wear all the hats type of person because like I'm so bad at inaction and like I just want to be doing and I know that I can do all the things on my own. It's just it won't be at the caliber that I want to be. It won't be again like all the things that I've talked about in our burnout episode and everything. It's just like I'm tired of that hustle but this is like a whole different kind of hustle that's Mm – requiring different skills and like making me silence parts of myself that I think make me the like go-getter that I am in a different way so the the Hollywood game is starting to change you and yeah be a good thing (laughs) I mean yeah I I don't know say I wouldn't necessarily say that but I, I will say that it's like given me a reminder why I've always been on the side of working outside of the Hollywood game sure but I also feel like I have to try and play this game because I've got no other cards to play. Like I'm burnt out on mm-hmm. the on the DIY side. So, yeah. yeah. And my my goal is so it's like trying to navigate this by making sure that I'm sticking true to the story I want to tell and my my vision as an artist and my goals as like a human with integrity while also sure. understanding that like everything we talk about there are compromises you have to make in order to work with someone else's money and like work within an industry (laughs) that is built the way it's built on whatever, you know, ideals it's built on, good and bad. 
Again, like, I would love to be more transparent, but I'm not at right. a stage where I fully can be just yet. But hopefully, hopefully 2023, maybe when, when you read our Patreon goals for next year, hopefully you will, will feel some excitement too. Yes. Did you, did you write more of Little Whispers? I know you had like an outline and some like log lines. Yeah, so I had an outline and some log lines, but I kind of, I said in our last year's episode that I was interested in sort of the writer's roominess of that, mm-hmm. of that because the episodes were things I was interested in directing, but I felt like someone else should write them, some of sure. them, because I wrote them like with different cultures as like the backdrop of them. And and so that just didn't happen. It's just still something that would be fun. But uh, development of Silent Night kind of just like consumed most of my mm-hmm. writing energy but I did write a new short inspired by a found footage episode which was cool and also just inspired by my move and being scared of ticks um, <laughs> and, and it was very I, cool I hope she makes it because it was very fun <laughs> thank you yeah I mean I submitted it for like a little grant thing I felt like if I if someone decides they want to give me a little money to make it then I'll make it and if and if they don't that doesn't mean I won't make it but maybe I won't like rush run out and do it right sure. now and then I also wrote a new feature with with Kelsey Rauber friend of the pod yeah friend of the pod I it's in my queue I'm gonna hopefully read it this weekend but cool. yeah there's been a lot of a lot of co-writing this year I feel like yeah so we can talk more about that I won't include it in this little <laughs> yeah spoiler alert for later in the episode something's yes. happening maybe <laughs> Uh, and um, then rock pottery. climbing and pottery. Yeah, so pottery I did try. I realized really not my thing. <laughs> maybe I would have, and I think maybe I would enjoy it if it were just like sculpting with your hands, but the wheel was just not for me, like the coordination of the, mm-hmm. of the speed and the pressure and hunching over hurt my back. Like it just all wasn't. Quite the relaxing thing I thought it would be. It was more like stressful than anything. And then rock climbing didn't happen because my husband got a hernia like right after we moved in. And so then that was something we wanted to do together. So it'll be a next year sure. thing. Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, well, we'll put a pin in that, I guess. And the mindset stuff, I definitely feel like I've done very well with. <laughs> awesome. Do you feel obviously like, you know, grief nonwithstanding, um, yeah. but like, Last year at the end of the year, we had a couple of like bummer episodes <laughs> about mm-hmm. like burnout and stuff. Like, do you feel like that has improved, has lessened? Like, it has. I think the change of scenery, I think being out in nature has really helped. I think just having like feeling like I can take a deep breath here in a way that I couldn't sure. necessarily in the city. I, I yeah, I think like. It's been, it's been so much change, and and now I feel I, I feel like I was making a lot of progress, and then Addie died, and I felt like my whole world came crumbling down. Sure. And so now I'm just like trying to stay above water a little bit emotionally. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say where I'm at, but I like yeah. judge basing, based on where I was, you know, at the very beginning of September before she passed, I was, I was doing very well. Um, and I think that was a lot of starting to define my life beyond being a filmmaker in like various ways. And, and yeah, and I feel, again, it's just like, it's so, it's a hard, it's so hard because there's so many, like we did all this renovating of our house and literally the week that it finished, 
Addie died. So like mm. I didn't even get to live in this period of like, oh, I'm settled and I'm happy sure. here because it kind of like got ripped away. But but yeah, I, I am. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel a lot better outside of that than I mm-hmm. did at the end of last year, <laughs> well, which is so hard to like reconcile. But right. The because I dissonance. feel. Yeah, because I just like actually just feel awful and like I don't know first for a good almost month I kind of felt like how am I supposed to just like wake up every day and just live I don't know how to do that yeah and it you know for people who like don't have pets they don't get it but my cats are like my life (laughs) my children I lost a child that's how I well and Eddie was so much a part of the podcast too like even though I've never met them you know Got to say hi every time we recorded and yeah, then hi that's... again two minutes later when she walked across the keyboard again. Right. That's been, the, I think, the hardest. I'm so grateful in a weird way for the pandemic because it meant I spent so much more time with her than I would have when I was traveling every week like before. Mm-hmm. But that also meant that like literally everything I do and did, right. she was a part of. And so mm-hmm. there's like nothing I can do that doesn't remind me of her, including podcasting, sure. because like it was always such an annoyance, but also <laughs> so much fun to just like have her be so annoying while I was trying to <laughs> podcast and have her like sprawl out across. And she was always so sweet and cuddly and and so, like, the first time we podcasted when she wasn't there, I was, like, I had a really hard time. And, yeah, and I don't know. And I feel like I'm missing this sort of troublemaker energy in my life because my other cat, Vic, is just so good. He's, like, the best, <laughs> most well-behaved, sweetest <laughs> cat. And he, like, doesn't bring me any annoyances. And I'm just so used to having a little like snooty shitster yeah exactly and she was just she brought that to my life where it was like oh what's Addie up to now and I don't have that and then I really miss it I miss her but you know that's life (laughs) well we we will always keep Addie in our hearts she will always be a part of this podcast and and I'm I'm hoping she's causing trouble in kitty heaven thank you hope she's peeing on god's couch uh, and his (laughs) rug right now (laughs) yeah so what about you all right so my goals for 2022 were to grow my la community and get better about stating my career goals quit two of my jobs write two original pilots new original pilots take at least three full days off a month eagle-eyed listeners will remember that uh, in 2021 it was take two days off a month so i'm really i'm really making some strides and taking time off uh, or or did i we will see in a second also embrace the results of the worldview everything happens for a reason i.e regardless of the reason something has happened it happened so instead of dwelling on what if focus on what's next so we both kind of had like sort of big picture mindset changes. So to start us off, growing my LA community and get better at stating my career goals. I've given myself partial credit for this because I did 
grow my LA community to the extent that like I went on a lot of like coffee dates earlier in the year. I, I went on a lot more. Uh, the, the end of my year was sort of like <laughs> consumed in like weddings, um, my own wedding and like travel. And, and mm-hmm. now I'm sick <laughs> again. So not COVID. Still haven't gotten COVID, knock on wood. But um, I did get sick a couple of weeks ago that kind of derailed like my post wedding productivity spurt that I was supposed to have stupid wedding uh we'll talk about that in a second but anyway so yeah I, I went on a lot of coffee dates there were a lot of people that i knew from the indie film world from the podcast world and uh just generally from like my time in web series that i knew via twitter or you know conversations like this but i'd never actually gotten to meet in person so i did finally to meet some of those people which was really nice uh a couple other people that i knew from new york moved to la and so i got to see them a little bit i went to two networking events um, that were like official networking events. Um, I really invested in my two writers groups. I'm now only in one because I I just ran out of time to do both, especially because I haven't been writing as much screen uh, writing as previously. But um, yeah, so like, I don't know if I can say that my LA community has expanded to the degree that I was hoping for, to the extent that like I have someone to network with once a week. I, you know, it it doesn't take a ton of energy to like go out for coffee and have career conversations. I don't have a bunch of people that I can be like, hey, let's make a short film together, which I think was like what I had in mind when I was thinking about growing my community. Like I was, I was basically starting looking for a way to substitute what I had in New York when I first moved there, mm-hmm. you know, having a group of people that were like, hey, if someone has a script, let's figure out how to make it. I feel like we've all kind of aged out of that. And so yeah. I think my my hope was not fulfilled less because I didn't do enough to meet people and more because most of my peers are at the stage that you and I are at, Christina, where we're like, we'll write something and like if someone wants to give me money maybe but like it doesn't feel like it's gonna give us the same mm-hmm. juice as it yeah. used to you know it's it's hard to justify in your 30s doing stuff for free knowing the portfolio you've already put together of stuff you made for free yep. and how that didn't move the needle as much as we hoped mm-hmm. so yeah. That's that's that on that. We might talk more about like community building uh, in season three, because like it is definitely interesting since we both moved to new areas, having to sort of rediscover other people in real yeah. life now that we are theoretically able to do that. So putting a pin in that conversation, um, I did quit two of my jobs. Technically, I quit three of them uh because at the end of 2021 my burnout episode was a lot we 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 recorded that in like i feel like october uh, of last year and october of last year was truly nightmarish for me i was teaching at two different graduate programs uh and one of those programs like the semester was just really hellish it was a weird group of students and it was not conducive to remote teaching at all uh so that was just like rough on its own but then i was also i also had another class that i was teaching i was helping out with sterable fest i was hosting some stuff i was doing a lot of jury stuff like I was helping judge judge submissions and I was helping them program a little bit uh, and I was working at Seed and Spark still full-time and the combination of like all of those <laughs> things happening at once was awful I was also traveling a bunch I had to travel for one of my teaching jobs then I was traveling for Seed and Spark and yeah it was just 
too much going on. I had like very recently moved. Like there was just, it was too much. And I was finally in a financial position, thank goodness, where I didn't need to do that anymore. Like the year before and the year before that, uh, and arguably the year before that, like the previous three years, I did need all those jobs because I was not getting paid at any of them enough to like sustain myself. But I had finally gotten to a point where I could. So I let it go. And that was scary. Like it was scary quitting a bunch of my jobs because like I had accrued them for a reason and you know i'm not i am by no means a rich woman or even a comfortable woman in many ways (laughs) but like a lot of my hoarding was fear-based and no longer need-based so i decided to see what it would be like to let that go and it was great (laughs) oh my god i'm so glad i'm not teaching Uh, and it did (laughs) actually open me up to do a bunch of other cool stuff this year so like Uh, A plus, quit your jobs. (laughs) I did technically write two original pilots, two new original pilots. I wrote one that I like a lot and one that I hate. (laughs) I wrote a original pilot, like a kind of noir satire set in a post-apocalyptic future uh, where like the world has been effectively destroyed because of climate change. And there is a girl who lives in one of the like last survivor settlements and has kind of like grown up via like old world, like noir storytelling. And so she kind of adopts this persona uh, and solves mysteries in a post-apocalyptic world. And she's, you know, tr- she's trying to be like Humphrey Bogart and everyone's like, what are you doing? Uh, I think it's very funny. She <laughs> she has a cat companion who is also a little bit of a shit stirrer. So like... <laughs> Clearly, I had inspirations. Uh, and then I wrote another one that was like a based on a concept for a feature that I had a while back that was sort of like rom com in nature. And it just, there's I haven't found the engine for it yet. And I honestly think it should be a feature. I just don't have a lot of experience writing features. But I did write it. It is a half-hour pilot, and it is bad, and no one else will read it. So that's that. But um, the reason that I only wrote these two pilots this year is because I got a little bit distracted, um, as many of you know. So I've now written two and a half (laughs) manuscripts of novels this year. I wrote a novel in April, over the course of April and May, a novel over the course of July and August, and we are now in the middle of NaNoWriMo, like the official NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month for you non-prose people. And Mm -hmm. I am 23,000 words into a new novel. So I don't know (laughs) what's happening with that. I guess we'll see next year. Because like I do plan on eventually like querying and seeing if anyone's interested in these books. Uh, And they are books about women in the film and TV industry. So I haven't completely given up on the last (laughs) decade of my life and this adventure. Uh, But it has honestly been kind of a nice change of pace because it's for me. Like, there's no pressure. Like, nobody Mm -hmm. in my life expects me to be writing books. So I'm like, cool, I'll do this now. And it doesn't require money. Like, I just need a quiet place to write. You know, and and like mm-hmm. the if something doesn't happen with it, that's too bad. But like, I could self publish if I really wanted to. Um, and like, I don't know. It just it feels like it. It feels nice to stretch a different creative muscle, but still be writing, still ultimately mm-hmm. be telling stories, but you know, with a little bit less collaborative pressure that you know, TV and film kind of put on you sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm excited. Yeah, I I hope that people like them. I'm having a really good time writing them. I was 
slacking Christina the other day because the the new book is set on like a studio lot and the villain of the romance novel is like a, a investor who's trying to like gamify like filmmaking and like mm. you know ba- basically using like AI to generate log lines and then like paying a non-union writer like very little money to like make it because they're expecting like well if we mash together two popular tropes then that's all that movie making is right so it's like this really cynical (laughs) like nepotism baby like how can I make money at this and not give a shit about art kind of like perspective Um, and the book is about like people fighting against that and proving that that is not actually a useful or viable model. (laughs) So Christine and I were sending like articles back and forth about like the downfall of the media industry and how I can use that for my, (laughs) my various rants in the book. That was fun. (laughs) Fun stuff. It's great because you can get the books published and then you will get to do the movie adaptations. (laughs) That's what people like. I I had a coffee with Amy DePaula, who was I think our first guest this year. Um, our our first episode and I happened to be writing the first book at that time um, and she's like oh that's great IP is super useful (laughs) which is actually something we talked about in her episode about like podcast IP and stuff like that and like continuously people throughout the year have been like oh great IP is awesome and I'm like I think you guys are forgetting that like having IP (laughs) requires a step that none of us are discussing (laughs) which is (laughs) to get the book published so like maybe everybody relax a little bit I appreciate that everyone seems not like aghast that I've done this with my year, but still let's maybe temper some expectations. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I tried to write novels a full decade ago and it doesn't work. I do think though that like, it's funny how taking a decade long break from writing prose has made my prose writing so much better Mm. because like I finally appreciate the aspects of prose that I was running away from when I went into screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And so that has been kind of a fun rediscovery yeah so what i think also is nice from the maybe you feel this way but i I feel this way as someone who doesn't ever write prose that it would have a feel feeling of like completion in a way Mm -hmm. that screenwriting does not where it's like not a real thing you've made and accomplished right until it is produced and watchable you know like that's just part of that's one stage of a long process as opposed to you finished a novel, you know, like mm-hmm. that in and of itself is amazing. And like, you can kind of feel like you did it in a way that I don't, I don't feel is the case with screenwriting. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. <laughs> like the only comparable experience I've had for like what it feels like emotionally to finish a novel draft is when I finished Brain Season 6. Um, Mm. my web series that I produced two seasons of and then continued to write until I got to the end because that was just such a like that was like a three and a half four year process of like writing that Mm. show and even though I knew I was never going to produce it by the end like I like those characters were such a part of my development as an artist and as a filmmaker and and all these things and so like that that felt close but like that was also I wrote six feature film length scripts by the end you know like those were those were long form uh, things but yeah like definitely finishing a new pilot like the pilots that I mentioned this year like when I got to the end of a script it was like all right good it's done I can send it to somebody like it didn't it doesn't come with that experience you're totally right because so much of it you have to like leave out like there's you know you get to a part in a script where you're like I'm sure the director will figure this out or like this I should leave to the actor if I give them too much like I will I'll be you know 
puppeteering them rather than right. letting them be the professionals that they are. And like the, that's nice sometimes. I do love the collaborative aspects of filmmaking. And I, I think that it's really special when you embrace it rather than fight against it. But it is definitely nice to sometimes have something that's just me. <laughs> that mm-hmm. it is something that like is done, is a complete piece of work that like can get better. But does not require a full other artist to come in and do their thing. And then another full artist to come in and then $15,000, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll hear something about that next year. I have to relearn the publishing industry though. And that sounds terrifying. (laughs) I did. I'm pretty sure I've taken at least three days off a month. I did a lot more tracking of this back in 2021 when I was just trying to take two days off because I still had like eight jobs and two podcasts. This year, Burn noticed my other podcast ended in, we finished recording in April and then we finished releasing in July. So like I have been second podcast free for most of the year. And that that honestly made a bigger difference in some ways than my jobs. So I loved Burn Notice. It's still getting a lot of like downloads, which is wild to me. Like people are still discovering that show and I'm really proud of what we did on it for three years. But I'm also really glad it's done because that that was a weekly podcast with over a hundred total episodes. I was solely editing it. I was solely promoting it and tweeting <laughs> about it. Too much, too much work for absolutely no money. Although we did have a couple of very sweet listeners buy some merch and just like Venmo us. Like I would make jokes on that podcast where I'm like, I'll tell you the name of this guy I made out with in a college, but you have to Venmo me $100. <laughs> and somebody did. And it was very funny. So like, thank you to our listeners there. But yeah, so I, I'm pretty pretty sure I've taken three full days off a month because I've also been reading a lot more and that does require you to not be working. (laughs) Like you, you know, if watching TV, I can be doing other stuff. I can't, you know, I I can't split focus if I'm reading. And I have read uh, as of last night, 297 books this year, actually technically 297 romance books. (laughs) I read uh, Four, uh, three non-romance books. So technically, I've read three hundred brand new books this year. I've also reread thirty-six of them. Wow! Yeah, it's been wow. it's been a weird year. <laughs> I've read like two full books this year and have started nice. probably like seven. <laughs> Which books did you read this year? Oh my god, I don't even know. I mean- <laughs> You mean you don't have a color-coded spreadsheet no. where you keep track of, like, if there's an autistic lead, if there's a queer lead? I know. The only one, that, like, I, off the top of my head, I'm positive I finished this year is Passing because I watched the film and then wanted to read the sure. book. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I bought so many books at the, <laughs> my new bookstore and have just, like, been like, oh, I should read this. And then instead I just go fucking put on HGTV or something, you know, like. <laughs> It's definitely a muscle you have to get into. Like, I don't think I would have done this if 2021, I hadn't had the resolution to start every day with reading. Because that Mm -hmm. was like, I basically had to like train myself to do it. Because it is hard. Even now, I've read 300 books this year and still sometimes like sitting down with the intention to just do nothing but read is hard. So like there will be a couple of days at a time where I'm like, I want to read, but I just don't because, you know, the world is distracting. Right. But like you kind of do have to train yourself to get back into it. So yeah. if anybody gonna, wants to maybe read. Maybe that'll be my, for next year, my resolution for next year. Because yeah, in like middle school and high school and even through college, I would be reading a new book almost every day. And yeah. now I like just buy books and they sit there. 
And because I'm like, oh, I have, you know, 17 tabs open with articles I need to read. Right. And I have podcast episodes I need to listen to. And also, like, I need to just binge mindless stuff because I'm just grieving and depressed and feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And the and the world is on fire. But yeah. I feel like reading might be, like, a better escape. So I should probably try and yeah, I thing. I honestly cannot recommend enough starting your day with reading because, like, I used to start my day just, like, checking email, checking Slacks, checking Twitter, which is not probably a good way to wake up a brain. But, like, and I think what that helped me do is not have so many expectations of myself because it's not, like, finish a book a week. Like, I think those sorts of resolutions when you're going from zero to to Mm -hmm. 100 like that are not conducive. But if it's just, like, read even a paragraph or two a day. Like, some mornings you're just not going to want to do it. But if you train Mm -hmm. yourself to just, like, take a little bit of story in every day, then I, I found that to be a really valuable experience. Yeah. So... That's that's my little books soapbox. I did have a, a time over the summer where sitting outside and reading was really nice. Hmm. I need to replicate that with like cozy winter reading somehow, I guess. <laughs> well, because... I'm, I'm excited to see aesthetic Instagrams of you reading in various parts <laughs> of your house. <laughs> Selfies. That'll be my thing, selfies. No, you, you need to get your husband to take them of you <laughs> because, like, everyone knows that those Instagram girlies do not take their own photos. It is important that you have a photographer. That's right. <laughs> I This is just a little tangent. I bought this. There's this vegan chocolate shop that's, like, a 35-minute drive away, and we went and checked it out, and I bought these hot cocoa like chocolate bombs. They're just like oh, balls nice. of chocolate that you pour hot milk over and they sure. dissolve. And I tried to record a video by just holding my phone over and then the camera just steamed up. And I was like, this is why I'll <laughs> never be an influencer. Like, I can't even. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But was the hot chocolate good? It was very good. It was pumpkin spice. So it was like perfect week of Halloween. Spent way too much money on chocolate. But it was hey, you know it. what? It's the life is about the little joys. Allow yes. yourself to enjoy <laughs> these things. Also, if anyone wants to start reading romance novels, I have a romance newsletter now. I don't think I had it the last time we did an update episode you did <laughs> because it was it was sort of a an on a whim thing because I started recommending books to um, my coworkers at Seedens Park just because like you know, every every week I do roughly the same thing there. And so when I have to do my like weekly update for work stuff, it's like, did more crowdfunding feedback, talk to more people. It's like there, there's not, not a lot changes in terms of my week to week. So mm-hmm. I was like, I started just doing little like paragraph long book reviews. And then I was like, I have all of these book reviews now and I've read 300 books. <laughs> Maybe I should be doing more with this, especially now that I'm trying to like do prose again. Uh, it's it's probably good if I actually, you know, do something with that. Like, I, I need to start brand building. Right. I've appreciated your recommendations, even though I have yet to actually <laughs> <laughs> read them. The I bought a couple of them. So I've pressured myself into having to eventually read everything because I've spent the money to buy them all. <laughs> Well, I, I look forward to, to next year's update and you telling me what you think of, of a couple of them. But yeah, I, I've that's been fun. It's been fun kind of like thinking critically about the kinds of books that I'm reading 
so that I can think more critically about the books that I'm writing. That's great. Moving right along. Yeah, I have been taking three days, full days off a month because I had to in order to read 300 books this year. Uh, But it has been a really nice like resetting of priorities. Like some days I just don't do work and like I'm getting better at not feeling guilty about that. And that has been a huge mental health relief. Like I had a conversation last night with a friend of mine where uh, I was once again being uh, peer pressured into doing mushrooms. People like literally I will have conversations with people and at some point inevitably they will be like, Brie, you should try mushrooms. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> what is like truly like I one of my old bosses like on my last day of work was like let's go get a drink I think you should do mushrooms he wasn't <laughs> offering me mushrooms he was just like you should do mushrooms as like a, an addition to I hope you have a good rest of your career were they like, like are they like saying you specifically like yeah. you are the a type of person who needs yeah. mushrooms or just like yeah. in general they think everyone should try mushrooms I mean it's both certainly but like no it's <laughs> me specifically like we will have a conversation and then they'll like tell me about the, the last time they tripped mushrooms and like how great it was and they think that I will really better like <laughs> I cannot explain to you how like truly I cannot count how many times somebody has tried to get me to do mushrooms I I just it's it's a very strange thing but yeah I was having this conversation with somebody last night and she was telling me about like what she gets out of mushrooms and I was like that sounds awesome for you like good for you I that does not sound appealing to me at all and like Mm -hmm. so much of it is like you know it it lets you relax it lets you appreciate new elements I'm like I feel like I'm appreciating a lot of things like I'm (laughs) certainly not like in a place in my like career that I'm particularly thrilled with and Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of stuff about like my future that is kind of up in the air because of career stuff but like the actual building blocks of my day-to-day life are pretty great i have an apartment that i love i just got married to the love of my life i like have a car that i can drive and one day away will be my mom or will be the redwoods my favorite place in the world or will be like Mm -hmm. a number of places i you know i'm writing and feeling very creatively fulfilled by the work that i'm producing i have wonderful friends and so it's like i am finally in a place in my life i think because i took some time off and like gave myself a break that I feel pretty good day to day. You know, yeah, there's frustrations. Yeah, there's, you know, an amorphous future, whatever Mm -hmm. it's going to be. But like my day to day has actually become really lovely. And I like talking to somebody about why I don't want to do mushrooms was kind of putting that in perspective. And I really do think it's because of the stuff that you and I kind of intentionally set up for ourselves this year. So I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that you and I have conversations like this, that people listen to these conversations and seem to care about them. Because yeah, like, I can it. tell you, my mental health improvements from like this time last year, night and day. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. So I, I also think I embracing the worldview of everything happens for a reason, uh, focusing on what's next instead of what if has been a big part of that too. Where like, because if I was really still in my my old mindset i probably wouldn't have written a book i pr- probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have read this many books because it feels so off course but it's like who says what course i need to be taking you know like who who says what you know yellowed wood path i should be taking rubber frost go sit down i <laughs> have something else to do today so like it's been very freeing i think to like give myself a break and just follow my impulses 
my creative impulses where they're going. And then the other thing I did this year is because I got to quit all of my jobs, it opened me up to spend some time on a, a freelance job earlier in the year where I taught a class for the CBS Pipeline Challenge, yeah. which is, I did we talk about that on the podcast? I feel like we did. Sure. In the mid-year, I think. We might have, yeah. But in any case, that was a really cool time. A lot of those students have kept in touch. One of those students, I think, is a regular listener of ours. Uh, Shout out to Dorothy, if you're out there. And I look forward to doing it again next year because I have the time and freedom to do so. Because, like, I do really love teaching. Um, I just didn't love the, like traditional education system teaching like teaching grad school being an adjunct garbage but like these little freelance gigs where like i teach a five-week class here i teach a couple of film school classes through seed and spark like that i have been really enjoying because i love talking to students but you know not in the traditional way so i i hope that next year for both of us we get to design a a path for ourselves where we get to do more of that it sounds like we both have options for that yeah, and we'll probably talk about that more in the community, like, update, building mm-hmm. update of next year. Well, that's kind of what we're going to get to. If there's nothing else that we want to talk about about our then lives. Sure, yeah. So we are taking a little bit longer of a hiatus this time around between seasons two and three. I have a funny story, though. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, then let's do a funny story building. first. <laughs> Well, maybe it's not funny. I find it funny, but Ezra can decide to cut it. if he. It's our podcast. It. It's funny if we say it's funny. I feel like you'll appreciate it. But I have to, the only reason why I say it, maybe it's not funny is because I have to set up this context. It's only funny in context. Sure. So, but, but what I think is interesting about it is like it's me learning small town ways because that's been a lot of my year is like figuring out how to live in a small town and like live, you know, in nature and I'm not a city kid anymore, you know? And also like small town politics are just a really good, there's really good sort of like mini versions of the the country at large. And so it's Mm -hmm. so interesting to see how things play out here on like really small levels. Um, And so anyway, there was, the context is the library in my town has been debated over for years because the conservatives in town don't want to put any money into it. And so they've had they've been having votes since like 2010 to at first restore the library because it's in this building that's uh, it's an old house that's over 100 years old and is riddled with mold. And for years they would try and get money towards like basically knocking it down and rebuilding it. And that was always voted down. So that that always failed. And then they tried to buy this building next door. That's this like really beautiful old mansion, essentially. But it's it can't handle the weight of the books. So it has to. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's like sinking, essentially. And so if you add the weight of books, it would like really sink. Fascinating. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting to learn that. And so they were like, we would have to spend X amount of money to reinforce it. That got voted down. And so then this year, they, or rather last year, they found this building just outside of town that's actually right near me. It's a mile out of town and it's beautiful and it's new and it would cost less than the other options would have. And also like the demographics of the town have changed enough. Younger people have moved here that like a vote passed to buy that instead of to try and rebuild or to move next door. They 
past it to move to this new building. And so all of the the conservatives then who didn't want that, and it's all about money. It's all about like not wanting that money to go towards a socialist thing, essentially, is like what right. the, it boils down to. Books, famously but, socialist. Yeah, yes. But um, there's this propaganda group that I learned about that has long been like the villain of this story that has been fighting any money going towards the library. But they're really clever in that they call themselves friends of the library. And everything that they wow. <laughs> everything that they do is like they take a real concern and they make that their talking point, but they're really like they don't actually care about that thing. And so with the current, like the the, you know, it was a huge majority one to move the library. But the main issue that is a genuine concern about this is that it's a mile out of town now. And so people who don't drive, people who who are like elderly and and generally, you know, will walk everywhere or have someone driving them or just generally take like the local bus service in town. They don't it's an accessibility issue that it's outside sure. of town. And so that's like a real thing. And a proposal that was also voted on was to put a little bit more money into a trolley that would take people to and from the center of town to the library. Mm. And <laughs> so and friend, thing, what, did, what did friends at the library think? Yes, about friends at the library is like pretending that's not a proposal on the table and is actually actively fighting that so that they can use the accessibility issue as their like main talking point. And so anyway, I joined this Facebook group for locals and I realized all of this through like bickering that was happening. And it's so interesting because there are people who are genuinely concerned about the accessibility issue that are convinced by friends of the library to be against the move in the library's decisions because they don't know about this trolley like thing that's wow. on the table. And so it can be very hard then to to differentiate between who are like real citizens who have been manipulated versus who are these like people spreading propaganda. And because then they also, that same group started spreading a rumor that the building was built on this toxic waste site. And like fact checkers have said, have proven that that's not the case, but that was Can a rumor that they were spreading. <laughs> what these people could do if they spent even half of this energy doing literally anything else. Like, I know, this is insane. I know. <laughs> but to me, it's like such a good look at, this really small thing, but it's how it works in the country at large and how Republicans totally. operate and the propaganda machine and how it's so hard because they're using real a real issue to win over people who are just like not fully informed. And so they're just mm -hmm. sort of like taking at face value what this group says because of how they've marketed themselves and how they're targeting people. So anyway, all this is set up <laughs> for... A few weekends ago, Justin and I decided to go to, we've been trying to go to more community things because we're trying to like, you know, figure out who are people here and like be a part you know. of the community. Right, exactly. And so there was this scarecrow fest that was being held on this land, the uh, land conservancy, they, they have this like big open field and it was really beautiful. And we were like, oh, there's going to be like tons of scarecrows. It's going to be so much fun. And so we think it's going to be like a day's activity and we get there and it's really just like seven little scarecrows. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then like, and they're not really scarecrows so much as just like mannequins dressed up in random clothes. Some of them are like meant to look like famous figures and others are just kind of random. And then mm-hmm. there's like a little tic-tac-toe area for kids and there's one food vendor. We thought it was going to be a lot bigger deal than it actually sure. be. And so we're walking and we're like, okay, I guess this is it. Like, it's not really the day that we thought it was going to be. And and so we kind of take it in for like five minutes and then decide, okay, let's go eat brunch or something. And so we're leaving. And as we're leaving, this little this little elderly woman is like, excuse me, can you help me with my scarecrow? And this was when we realized that like everyone in town had the option to make your own scarecrow. That was kind of like uh, the vibe of it, but it wasn't okay. advertised as that. So I didn't sure. quite like understand. I thought it was like an official, there's going to be a bunch of scarecrows here as opposed to like make your own mannequin, which is really mm-hmm. what it was. So we go, so we're like, sure. She's asking Justin, my husband. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's like, yeah, okay. And he walks over and I'm like, this woman looks familiar. I think she's in this Facebook group, but I can't place or like is she one of the extremist people or is she one of the like manipulated people or one of the cool people who are like trying to fact check um, and she's like she has this kind of like spitfire vibe to her like you know and so I was like I could like this woman I could really not like this woman I don't know sure and Justin's just like pulling this huge mannequin out and he's he starts he pulls it out and it's like really close to his face. So he can't really see what it is. And I notice what it is and I'm like, oh my God. And so it's a it's a mannequin in a hazmat suit. And, it, and it's like got this like weird alien face. And it says on it, library board of trustees. And they've just got like money stuffed in. It's got money stuffed in its pockets. <laughs> and it's got all these like all this little index cards written on it that are like toxic waste and like hoarding money and, and like unnecessary spending. That <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> this is this is so good. I'm so glad you're telling this story, Christina. We're, this is staying in the podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like and, and it's just uh it's got all these different like all written on it and just like fake monopoly money like falling out of every little slot on the hazmat suit and and like the pitched alien face i'm like what the fuck and so he's carrying it having no idea and i'm standing there walking and i'm like oh my god like i hope i hope people don't associate us with this i hope that we don't see it because we've met a few of our neighbors already so i'm like i hope none of our neighbors are here and then like and then the woman comes over and she's like, hey, your mannequin looks great. Like, she's checking us in. She's obviously just being friendly. And I'm like, we're not with her. Like, he's helping her. <laughs> I need this to be clear. We're being good neighbors. We yeah. do not. This is not us. Do not agree. <laughs> and, then, and then as Justin's like, he's just like, okay, where do you want me to put it? Because he's kind of getting annoyed um, because she stops to talk at some at some point with someone, sure. and he's just standing there with it. So then she's like, "Oh, over here, over here." And I'm like, "Okay, put it down and let's get out of here." And I'm trying to. Oh, and then so then the uh, the event photographer comes over, and he starts snapping photos of Justin holding it, <laughs> putting it down. <laughs> 
Oh god, this is like literally a sitcom episode. I know. This is so funny. So I'm like both trying to pull him out of the photos, but also trying not to be seen myself in the photos. (laughs) Oh my god, Christina. And then like, and the man is just... I'm trying to be like, he's not set up yet. Like, maybe wait. And he just keeps snapping photos of this little old man. And he's not even snapping photos of the woman in in it. And it's her thing. And so finally he puts it down. And then we walk away. And I'm I'm laughing and telling Justin. I'm like, thank God, like, neither one of us is running for office or something. Like, this would have been, (laughs) this would be such a controversy. And yeah, it was just such a... It's, it was really funny to me, and it's such a specific thing that, like, outsiders wouldn't really get, you know. But it, it's it's funny because I was kind of like, if it were something else, like, something overtly offensive, then I would have been like, you can't carry that. Like, sorry, ma'am. Like, find someone else. That's very, like, but- <laughs> Parks and Rec meets Gilmore Girls. Totally. <laughs> yes. I was thinking of Parks and Rec the whole time. I mean, it was just so absurd. And it just kept getting funnier. <laughs> as as this guy That's comes over with the really camera, really funny. So there are the photos ca- out there somewhere of Justin, <laughs> of Justin shilling for the yeah. for the anti library people. What you guys should do is start a new group called Best Friends of the Library, <laughs> so that you show your like like tiered support and then just like exclusively troll them. I love this. I'm obsessed with this. I mean, it's been really fun to be in this Facebook group and see like the petty drama of the town. Mm-hmm. But t- particularly with like the people that have been here for decades and decades sure because they kind of have nothing else to do like most of them are retired and so it's just like a lot of bickering especially as the political season you know this month and the last couple months there's been a lot of you know it's it's just like it's nice that our vote ha- is counting here and like mm-hmm. we, we you know just got so I volunteered for our local assembly person and got a democratic socialist, you know, um, in office Woo. after after like a very Republican area. And so there's that. But it there's I'm still learning like I'm still learning the inner workings of everything here because it's not even a city where technically a town like a village. We're called a village. And so it's like complicated like we don't have a mayor we don't have certain things Uh, and so trying to figure out who's in charge and like how things function and how do I get things done and and where is there really areas to change for the better without like making anyone who's been here forever feel disenfranchised or whatever like it's just kind of nuanced and I've been enjoying that learning because I feel like as the world at large has just been such shit there's potential to have like an actual impact on a smaller scale um but it's just so funny like the weird petty things in that story <laughs> that, no so that's funny. you have to write that at some point i feel like though <laughs> like it feels like it needs to be just an episode of something it doesn't feel yes. like there's just i i have so many more questions i can't well, just have one episode with this mannequin well lady. that day that day was just like such an like independent film in itself of just kind of things going wrong because I feel like I put a lot of weight on that day because it was the first day in nearly two months where I actually felt like doing something after Addie died and so that was like the context of it where I was like we're gonna go out and have a fun day and then like that's how it starts but then 
it goes on to be like we couldn't get into brunch brunch anywhere because it was a Saturday during like peak foliage and so everyone was in town mm-hmm. and so then I was like hangry at one point and it was in the high 70s even though it was the end of October and so Justin like dressed for fall and then like started freaking out about how hot he was and so he after all this he's like let's just go home let's just I don't take everything off and go home. And then we get home and he changes and I'm like, we're going back out. And he was like, why? Why are we going back out? We just got home. There's nothing to do. And I was like, I wanted a fun day in our new town. Like, we're going out. And so, and so then we just end up walking around town. And then like the other part of that story is that he had friends visiting from the city, not even friends, like coworkers, like kind mm-hmm. of like sort of friends, but not really. Sure visiting from the city and they wanted to have dinner but they wanted to eat dinner really late because we're like not people who want to eat at 9 p.m you know and so and they wanted to eat really late and so I was like okay you know we're gonna have a nice day come home relax and then we'll go out and eat and they kept pushing the time back even later and later and so like and so we ended up getting into like a lot of little tiffs throughout the day. Sure. And then when we get to the restaurant that night, they were still like a half hour late. So we're sitting at oh this table God. of set for like 12 people and just the two of us. <laughs> and like me being just like in the worst mood ever because where I have to like participate in a social gathering with people I don't know. It's not even like a close friend of his where it feels warranted for us sure. to be and so it was just like such a shit show but you know it was also really funny like we laughed about it but uh yeah I feel like that whole day just could have been a fucking independent film where everything goes wrong in the silliest ridiculous way that's really funny all right well we're gonna put a pin in that I guess before we talk about season three we can just briefly mention that Christina and I are attempting to do a co-writing thing we're, hmm. we're attempting to write a feature together. I don't know how much to tell people because we still haven't finished outlining it because I got sick and then got married and we we just had a lot of delays, but we have like half an outline and I am excited yeah. about it. Me too. And we have like an ending, yeah. at least in terms of like the broad points. <laughs> yeah, we basically, we have our themes, we have our characters and we have our like ending. It's just about like how do we make sure that those are all aligned and like and paced out in a way that makes it clear what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. And it's a dark comedy, also kind of a murder mystery. Yeah, it's a dark comedy buddy mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With like a lot of meta commentary about the f- film industry and specifically screenwriting. Mm-hmm like culture (laughs) we've basically taken our frustrations with the like you know trying to break in aspect of hustle culture and combined it with a murder mystery yes and it's every time we come up with an idea it's so bonkers off the wall and i'm so excited to see it on the page me too and it's inspired by like a real kind of obsession (laughs) (laughs) where someone tweeted something and then I ended up doing a deep dive into their personal life because something didn't add up and then I brought Brie into it and she was like this should be a film and then I was like all right let's write it basically you know what I think is like a good takeaway from this year is that like 
when we freed ourselves from the obsessive must be constantly creating, we let ourselves live and do things that have then gone on to inspire us to write things that we're more excited about than ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like if you hadn't moved and like taken the time to like be by yourself and, and, you know, ingratiate yourself into your new town for no reason other than this is your life. If I hadn't let myself read and like separate myself from the brand and the industry, then I wouldn't have found this other like creative outlet like I mm-hmm. feel like so much of our years have been like the thing that we were supposed to do the whole time which is you can't write something new and interesting if all you're doing is writing sometimes right. you gotta yeah. also live yeah so that's been nice that's been a nice change of pace and I'm excited yeah. to see where it takes us in the future me too okay so season three is happening we are definitely doing one more season of this podcast but it's going to look a little different so we're going to take a slightly longer hiatus this year this episode uh, is coming out in early december i believe this is yeah december 1st so hello on december 1st everybody we Mm. are probably not going to have a season three starting until late january so we're going to take about Mm -hmm two-ish months off. If you're our Patreon subscriber, we will have two bonus episodes coming out over the course of the next month. So there are technically two more episodes coming out, but they will be exclusive to Patreon like we did last year. So once again, it's only three bucks. Come by, hang out. We're doing another screenwriting Twitter history So I I will take you through all the screenwriting Twitter drama from 2022, which there was surprisingly not that much of it. We had like a a packed first half of the year and then just, I think, probably election season and Elon buying Twitter and all that kind of stuff sort of derailed it. So like screenwriting Twitter didn't have enough to generate for itself. Also, there's like a recession on the the horizon and like a writer's strike impending. So there were other things going on, but I did still keep track of every screenwriting Twitter drama that happened up until the pause. So we will be doing a deep dive on that. We will be doing a deep dive on what we watched this year, new and Mm -hmm. old. And then we are also going to be pitching some segments for season three. We wanted to kind of mix up our like structure for episodes and and apparently uh, segments are a thing for other podcasts. <laughs> segments seem popular. So we've come up with a couple of ideas for what segments we want to try and incorporate next season. And if you want to have some ownership over that and vote on your favorite segment ideas, make sure that you're subscribed to our Patreon for the rest of December because we will be posting an update and an episode and you will get a voice. That's right. We are also doing only one episode a year next and one episode a year season three will be one episode it will be the (laughs) ultimate episode uh no (laughs) and it'll be only segments uh no we're gonna be doing one episode a month next year with the flexibility of adding a kind of special episode like yeah we we've got some um former guests who are doing some cool things that maybe we'll bring back to do like updates with but this year was great. I loved season two. Some of my favorite episodes of this podcast ever were this year. Some of the conversations mm-hmm. we had were like mind blowing and how cool they were and what awesome guests we had. But scheduling guests is tricky and complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. despite our attempt to hashtag break even, we did not. So we are still actively losing money on this podcast, mm-hmm. which is not a sustainable practice. So we're reevaluating and trying to cut costs for next year. Hopefully we built up enough of an audience and support that we can, you know, do it a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like it's a 
it's a big undertaking. We've already talked about so much great stuff that is going to be evergreen, yeah. which I'm proud of. You know, this is right. a podcast yeah. that is eminently re-listenable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in order to justify continuing, certainly at the clip that we set this year, we uh, some things need to change. So we will be yeah. working on that. Yeah. And I also think, you know, we... We love having guests on and love like listening to them talk about their journeys and sharing information for our listeners. I generally don't love interviewing, but I love listening to yeah. people talk. But I but I feel like so many podcasts already do that. Like most mm-hmm. film podcasts are interviewing other creators. And we had people on that we felt could like offer insight into an under talked about topic or a topic that's like misunderstood or just not easily accessible. But I feel like we've done all of that and we've highlighted the the people and the not not all the people, but many of the people that we would want to hear from. And we've highlighted most of the topics that we felt like we couldn't cover ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, what is our we want to make sure that our podcast is doing something different that isn't just like every other interview-based podcast out there. And really what's different is us, like us talking about craft, us talking about our own experiences as things are moving along for us. And so, yeah, it just felt like a good shift to make because we don't want to be, you know, redundant. We don't want to be like, we're just, of course, Brie and I can talk and talk and talk to each other right. forever and we do, but um, we want to make sure that we're like, in terms of resources, we're being smart and mm-hmm. uh and we found that people do like listening to us. They they tune in regardless of a guest. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. and so we're that's why we definitely want to continue with a season three, but it doesn't make sense to go quite at the pace that we were because as Bree said, we've covered so much already that there isn't that much new to say. <laughs> yeah. On Especially topics. with like both of us are making progress in a lot of different aspects of our creative works and careers, but like you know, it's a long game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And so certainly we would not have enough material to do currently two episodes a month with that in mind, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially because it's, you know, very much just like a passion project of ours, right? Like this is, we're not getting paid to do this, obviously. We'd like to eventually. And, you know, depending on, on how things shake out, but we are definitely also looking to expand more into the real world, um, developing some of our old episodes uh, into like workshops. We we did one event slash workshop at Cinema Femme. That's what mm-hmm. it was, right? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we did an event with Cinema Femme about imposter syndrome, which was really, really, really fun. And we but, would love yeah. to be doing more of that. So that's something that we're also going to try to focus on next year is like getting into like events, having like bigger conversations, you know, dialing in on like the workshoppy aspects that kind of were the originators of the podcast and yeah. uh, and actually meeting some some people in, in real life and and inspiring people kind of in a more interactive way. Yeah, because that was the yeah, like the thing that really sparked this podcast was people enjoyed tuning in to me and Bree teach things together Mm -hmm. and we noticed that there there was real attendance for that and regular attendance and Mm -hmm. and it made sense to turn into a podcast and so really we would like to find ways to get to be on the same coast together (laughs) yes definitely 
and be teaching things together in person for people. Yeah. So if you are a film festival organizer, you know a film festival organizer, or you're a member of like a film organization, or you're, you know, you're attending a film school, school, please contact us, breaking out of breaking in pod at gmail.com. We would love to come speak to your class. Uh, virtually if that's necessary but like we'd also love to start like being in person again and and talking to people and and getting people excited about making great work that gets seen without playing the hollywood game so uh so that's that's kind of on the horizon is like a slower but still consistent season three more deep dives and craft conversations and hopefully updates about cool things going on in our careers and what we can tell you about how we got to those points and and how we're navigating them and also hopefully more interactive opportunities to actually like go deep dive into topics we've talked about before, but making them more personal to you guys and more personal to people who desperately want to learn the information that we have to teach. Yep. So yeah, I guess in, in summation, thank you so much, everybody. If you want to hear about what our specific goals are for next year you can subscribe to our patreon for three dollars a month patreon.com slash breaking out pod we will also be posting two uh episodes of a podcast that that month so like if you're like oh my gosh i can't believe i have to wait for two months to hear brie and christina talk again no you don't (laughs) you absolutely do not have to wait two months for that in fact we will be releasing two more episodes this month so uh subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash breaking out pod to get access to that and all of the cool stuff that we have created in the two and a half years or so that we've had this podcast. Yep. And thank you so much for listening. We love you all very much. And yep, thank uh, you. have a very happy new year, everybody. Yes. Have a happy new year. Thanks so much to Kelsey Rauber for our theme music, Kaylee Brown for our podcast art, Ezra Lee for editing this episode, and to all of you for listening. Links to learn more about them are in our episode description. And thank you to our booby VIPs, who are our $10 supporters on Patreon. That's Kim Garland, Amanda Blunt, Anthony Epp, Kelsey Rauber, Norman Steinberg, and Brandy Nicole Payne. If you want your name on that list and or you want to have access to all of our bonus resources related to each and every podcast episode we post for free, you can subscribe for as little as $3 to our Patreon at patreon.com slash breakingoutpod. Or join our free newsletter where we share a new creative prompt each month.